Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, happy to have you with me. I got to play you some audio from over the weekend. Uh, Two clips here. This is uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas talking about the border, and I I juxtapose these intentionally. Uh, This is the first. Let's get to the border. This is the greatest migration surge, you said, in the Western Hemisphere since World War II. And you've been preparing for more than a year and a half. How rough will the next few weeks be? You know, Margaret, we've been preparing uh, for this for more than a year and a half, you are correct. And it is indeed a regional challenge and it requires a regional response, which is why we are working so closely with many countries to the south. It's going to take our plan a while to really take hold for people to understand that they can access lawful, safe, orderly pathways before they reach the border. And quite frankly, if they come to the border, they will receive a consequence under our enforcement authorities. So they've been preparing for this for more than a year. More than a year they've been preparing for this. And now this clip is in the same interview. We are furthest along with Colombia. It should be a matter of weeks, but we also have additional lawful pathways that already have existed for people to access. The phone apps you're talking about? Yes, the the parole program for Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans. We are expanding our family reunification programs. So uh, you have announced 1,500 troops that are going to El Paso, Texas. Why not other parts of the border? Is Texas the most porous area? Well, they will be dispersed uh, as operational needs require. And so the deployment of active duty troops is not to do enforcement work, not to interact with the migrants, but to provide other uh, support so that our border patrol agents can be out in the field. So we got a bunch of people coming. We And he says we are prepared, except this is the reporting from NBC News, from NBC on MSNBC, no less. This is the reporting from that network about what's going on at the border. Now, Border Patrol officers have been arriving throughout the day. We were here all of yesterday. They do what they can. They've told us that their facilities are at capacity, both Border Patrol stations and the processing centers. And that's why these migrants have to remain here, waiting for the Border Patrol agents to finally come in. And they do come throughout the day. Uh, They have vans. They load up the women and children, some of the families, but some of these men say they've been here for days. And you can actually hear some of them uh, that will yell, uh, asking us to help them charge their phones. Some of them 
need water. Uh, some of them want food. And throughout the day, we also have some organizations that bring some of that water, some of the food. Uh, Border Patrol has also provided food and water during the time we've been here, uh, but they have been overwhelmed. And uh, right now, you see about two to three hundred. Uh, they keep coming throughout the day as Border Patrol will take some of them uh, to get processed. And this is just one of the camps. There's another camp uh, less than a mile away in that direction. And of course, we've seen this surge all across the Mexico-U.S. border. That's MSNBC's coverage of the situation. Pretty striking. Here's Greg Abbott. Right now, as we're speaking, the Texas National Guard is loading Black Hawk helicopters and C-130s, deploying specially trained National Guard members for the Texas Tactical Border Force. They will be deployed to hot spots along the border to intercept, to repel, and to turn back migrants who are trying to enter Texas illegally. Trying to get to Texas illegally. Now, I want to play you just a snippet of this. This is from, um, it's a very long interview, but just, uh, we should listen to a snippet of this. This is uh, on MSNBC, and this is the director of the Opportunity Center for the Homeless in El Paso, Texas. With us now from El Paso, Texas, to talk more about the humanitarian crisis there is John Martin, director of the Opportunity Center for the Homeless, which is sheltering migrants. John, it's good to see you. I just want to pick your brain on what's the reality for you on the ground there? Well, the the reality is that we're overwhelmed. Um, We've got several partners within the community. All of the emergency shelters are operating at or over capacity. And to give you an example of our situation with the Opportunity Center for the Homeless, We've got 200 inside the shelter, and we've had up to 810 outside the shelter camped in the alley. Uh, So it truly is a humanitarian crisis. And this is before Title 42 is lifted on on Thursday night at at midnight. What are you expecting coming come Friday? Well, you're absolutely correct. This all started for us a little over a week and a half ago when we saw the influx come in and then it's exponentially increased. And it is prior to the lifting of Title 42, and we are expecting the worst. Um, we are hearing numbers anywhere from 500 to 1,000 to 1,500, and it just depends upon the source that you're talking to. Y'all, MSNBC is a partisan news organization in the same way they say Fox News is. And MSNBC is sympathetic to the Democrats. MSNBC is sympathetic to Joe Biden. MSNBC tries to cover for the Democrats, and yet MSNBC cannot cover the fact that the border is a disaster. And it's getting worse. Title 42 is going away. According to MSNBC's own reporting, The shelters and the encampment facilities where they're detaining the immigrants are already full. And hundreds of thousands of more people are already on the way and will cross starting Friday morning and will not be detained and will not be sent back. And the Biden administration, which claims it's working on repatriation agreements with other countries, still hasn't gotten those agreements hammered out. And they say they've been working on this for a year. No, they have not.
how many things does this administration have to screw up before people finally realize that this is an administration out of depth and incapable of performing? The Afghan withdrawal was considered a success by the Biden administration and was a disaster in which 13 Americans got killed and many Americans were left behind. In the Sudan, there were massive reports that what was coming would come. The White House did nothing. Other world powers began evacuating their citizens. The United States dithered and did nothing until forced to respond and even then left Americans behind. On the debt ceiling, Republicans have been telling this administration, you have to do something, you have to do something, you got to do cuts. And the White House has said, no, 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 show us your plan, show us your plan. The Republicans not only showed them their plan, they passed their plan. It caught the White House flat-footed because the White House didn't think Republicans could do what they did. And now the Democrats are like, we don't know what we're going to do. There is no plan B. We expected a clean debt ceiling increase. You're not going to get one. You are going to run the country off the financial cliff. The Republicans showed what it takes to raise the debt ceiling and you were caught flat-footed you did not think they could do it you did not think they had the votes you miscalculated everything and now the border you say you've been working on this for a year shelters are overwhelmed encampments are full detention facilities are full And you've got a massive wave of people coming. You did not want to build the wall. There was a political strategist I was talking to yesterday, and he was talking about the Republican primary, and he said that if DeSantis gets in, his targeted criticisms of Trump have to be Trump's failure, that, that DeSantis was able to rebuild the bridge in a day. Trump never built the wall. The Democrats never built the wall either, though. That wall starting to look pretty darn good right now. Except, you know, there are portions of the fencing down there where you can scale it, which is two by fours. Ken Cuccinelli used to be in charge of Homeland Security and, and was Deputy uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, was in charge of immigration for a while. Ken Cuccinelli was talking about parts of the border down there that are so easily passable. Uh, some people tunnel under the border, but some of them just take a four-by-four four plank of wood that's available for sale in northern Mexico. They carry it to the border wall, prop it up, and slide across. Keeps the barbed wire from cutting them. Afghanistan was a failure. Sudan withdrawal of American citizens was a failure. The Biden administration even responding in Ukraine is responding too slowly. Mitch McConnell is quoted, I think, in Politico today. I saw it where uh, the Republicans, I don't know if you heard it, Kevin McCarthy has come out in favor of funding Ukraine. McConnell supports funding Ukraine. Their criticism is not that Joe Biden is, is not supporting Ukraine. It's that he's not moving fast enough. He's playing too cautious. He's screwing that up. I mean, the Biden administration is supporting Ukraine, and you've got to understand that it's one thing to say you support Ukraine. It's another thing to actually support it, that a lot of the problems Ukraine is facing right now and and being sent back with the Russians are because the Americans are dragging their feet on actually providing the armaments previously promised. Ukraine can't fight Russia when they don't have the bullets Joe Biden said he would give them, but Joe Biden is dragging his feet on actually sending the bullets. 
So he screwed that up. He screwed up Afghanistan. He screwed up the evacuation of Americans from Sudan. He's screwing up the, the border. He's screwing up the debt ceiling. He screwed up the economy. He provoked inflation. Everybody told him inflation would come. Larry Summers, the economist all the Democrats listened to, told him, you pass your COVID bill, you're going to provoke inflation. That's exactly what happened, and the Democrats never seemed to learn their lessons. Everything Joe Biden touches gets screwed up. And even MSNBC cannot cover for him. Even MSNBC is running these damning reports of a border overflowing with too many people, a humanitarian crisis. You have the director of a homeless shelter in El Paso, Texas, saying they are having a quote-unquote humanitarian crisis. His words, not mine. And the Secretary of Homeland Security says they've been preparing and putting a plan in place for a year. It sure doesn't look like it. Every time this administration puts a plan together, it blows up in their face. Every time this administration decides to tackle a subject, they get tackled. It's not exactly competence. It's not exactly firing on cylinders. When Donald Trump ran for office in 2015, he co-opted Ronald Reagan's campaign Statement from 1980, make America great again. Seems like someone just needs to make a campaign promise of back to the basics, get the basics right. I mean, the Biden administration can't get the basics right. They can't get the basics of negotiation right. They can't get the basics of border security right. They can't get the basics of international security right. They can't get the basics of national security right. They can't get the basics of foreign relations right. They can't get the basics of mobilization right. They can't get the basics of evacuation right. They can't get the basics right. There's this big story in in Politico this weekend about the massive tsunami that is one day going to hit the West Coast, particularly the Washington area, and how basics of government are failing, that that we now know that there is a cycle every eight to 900 years, it seems, of a massive earthquake as the continental shelves shift, and they bring forth this massive multi-hundred-mile-an-hour tsunami that comes in from the ocean and that people need to prepare, people need to plan. It's coming, and people are just dropping the ball on it. It's the basics of government that are failing. We're within now the average of this earthquake, and it could still be 100 years away, but there's no plan in place. They're they're dithering on this. The Biden administration, the government itself, dithers on these sorts of things we know are going to happen. Disaster looms, and they're twiddling their thumbs. They play the fiddle as Rome burns. They can't seem to get the basics right, and people are going to get hurt. 13 died in Afghanistan, Americans. How much more of a humanitarian disaster do they need at the border to realize they've screwed that up? I don't know if you heard. Perhaps you did. Here is the World Health Organization's head, Mr. Tedros, talking about COVID. It's therefore with great hope that I declare COVID-19 over as a global health emergency. However, that does not mean COVID-19 is over as a global health threat. Last week, COVID-19 claimed life every three minutes. And that's just the death we know about. As we speak, 
Thousands of people around the world are fighting for their lives in intensive care units. And millions more continue to live with the debilitating effects of post-COVID-19 condition. This virus is here to stay. It's still killing. And it's still changing. The risk remains of a new of new variants emerging that cause new surges in cases and does. So it's no longer global health emergency, but it's still a situation to be mindful of. That's true. It seems like it's getting, I, I you know, for a while there, it seemed like I was hearing about people who kept getting COVID and, and people, uh, different people getting COVID, it was spreading around. You don't even really hear about that anymore, do you? They're just... Yes, there are people who are getting COVID, who are getting sick, but it's not nearly what it was. I, I ran into a woman today, as a matter of fact, who was walking, literally walking down the street, no one with her wearing a mask. And I'm just, I'm, I'm flummoxed by the number of people I still see. Now, listen, it's their choice. It's their choice. But for all the people who claim to be about the science, it's not really about the science at this point, is it? Because the science shows... You're not really working it unless you're wearing N95 masks, and even then, not necessarily the most protective. It's just probably time to move on. Some people just want to stay scared. Now, I don't want you to be scared of technology, and a lot of you are, and I want to put you with Vision Computers because if you need a computer where you're also going to get world-class technical support, Vision gives you that. They can custom build a computer for you. So if you go to a big box store, you pick the big box store, you go, you buy a computer off the shelf, they're going to give you a computer that is just kind of mixed and matched and focus grouped as to what probably will work for you. If you go to Vision, they're going to talk about what you actually want and need, and they're going to build a computer that's not just right for you for now, but it's also going to serve you for years, and you're not going to have to keep going back to them like you might with the big box store. And not only that, you're going to get world-class customer support such that Vision is going to maintain your computer for you, help you with your email and your printer support and all that. And if you don't have Vision and you want their tech support, you can get it for a low annual fee. All you do is go to visioncomputers.com or call them 404-COMPUTE. Ask them about the Eric Erickson special. You can only get that through this program. You don't even see it on their website. Call 404-COMPUTE. Talk to Vision about their tech support. Talk to them about their computers. If you got an IT department as well, 404-COMPUTE or visioncomputers.com. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I got to play you some, well, it's kind of stunning audio. This is a conversation uh, between Jake Tapper on CNN and Bharat uh, Ramamurti, who is Joe Biden's senior economic advisor. The Biden administration is insisting that President Biden will only sign a clean debt ceiling bill without any spending cuts. I mean, frankly, sir, you don't have the numbers. Uh, the House is controlled by Republicans, and now you have 43 Senate Republicans siding with them. That's enough to, to filibuster any clean bill in the Senate. So, so what's plan B here? Well, there is no plan B. Our plan is for Congress to act to address the debt limit. Um, that's not going to work. That's not going to work at all because it's very clear Republicans aren't going to 
be willing to do this. Um, and, and, you know, they're, they're believing a lie as well that they're, they're believing a lie that they're cutting the deficit, that they're making economic progress, and they say they're not going to negotiate on the debt limit. They're going to have to negotiate on the debt limit. It, it, just listen to this. We're not negotiating on this. Uh, we've been very clear. It is their constitutional duty to take action. America should pay its bills and avoid a catastrophic and dangerous default. That's not a partisan position. I think we should pay the bills and then negotiate. Well, there is no plan B. Our plan is for Congress to act to address the debt limit uh, without conditions, just like they've done 78 times in the past. This is a White House, as I have mentioned, that to this day says with a straight face, the withdrawal from Afghanistan was a success. And this is a White House that says with a straight face that the border is secure. And this is a White House that says it will refuse to negotiate on the debt ceiling. This White House, the Biden administration, insisted Republicans show their plan for the debt ceiling. So Republicans not only showed their plan, but also voted on their plan. And the reports that came out after that vote showed that the administration had calculated Kevin McCarthy would not be able to get his plan passed, and yet McCarthy did just that. This White House has continually bungled this. They say there will be no negotiations. If there is no negotiation, there will be a default. If there is a default... Economists, led by the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, say there will be chaos, but it will not be the Republicans' fault because the Republicans voted to raise the debt ceiling. Republicans have already raised the debt ceiling. It's the Democrats who have blocked that legislation. It's the Democrats who refuse. It's the Democrats who have decided that they're going to go for broke on this, and like Thelman Louise, they want to go off the cliff. Now, what is the debt ceiling? I got an email from a listener asking if I could explain this again because he is rather confused. The debt ceiling was put into place. It didn't originally exist. In the 1960s, I think it was, Congress passed a law that restricted the level of debt the United States could take on without Congress's approval. If you reach the debt ceiling... All revenue that comes into the United States must be used to pay the debt service before anything else. So if you reach the debt ceiling, Congress says, for example, you can only go up to $32 trillion in it. Astronomical. You know, when George Bush was president, he left office with a $10 trillion debt. We're now at $32 trillion. It's absurd. Barack Obama, when he was president, added more to the national debt than all other presidents combined. Donald Trump then added a ton as well. And now Joe Biden's turn. 
the last three presidents in a row have added more than all presidents before them combined multiple times over. And every time you hit the debt ceiling where Congress says you're not allowed to acquire any more debt, Congress has to either raise it or all of the money that comes into the government then has to be used to pay the debt service, the interest on the debt. Not even the debt itself, just the interest on the debt. So all tax payments, all Social Security receipts, all airline ticket fees that go to the federal government, all all mining fees that are used for, for mining on federal land, everything goes to pay the debt service, which means... Doctors don't get reimbursed for Medicare payments. Uh, Retirees do not get their Social Security checks. Nothing goes out of the federal government other than debt service. Unless Congress raises the debt ceiling, then Congress can sell more bonds, take in more debt, and make more payments. What the Republicans are telling the Democrats is we're at $32 trillion in national debt. We got to cut something. The Democrats say, well, you raise the debt ceiling and then we'll talk. And Republicans are like, nope, we know you. We've been down this road again. You must offer up cuts. And the Republicans offered up cuts. The Republicans offered to cut the 87,000 IRS agents. They offered to roll back some of the big spending on climate change that was in the Inflation Reduction Act. They offered some other tangible, measurable cuts to save money. So that when they raise the debt ceiling, we won't actually have to take out a whole bunch more debt. The Democrats have said no to all of it. The Democrats have said you will raise the debt ceiling and then we'll talk. The Republicans say absolutely not. Come up with cuts. So here we are. The Treasury Secretary says they've got till June 1st. There is some data that suggests that sometime around June 1st, the federal government will not be able to pay bills. Part of the reason is we're headed into an economic slowdown, and the month-over-month revenue that comes into the federal government is starting to slow down. But trying to say that there is no path forward for a negotiated debt ceiling increase is wrong. I mean, Republicans got Barack Obama and his vice president, Joe Biden, to agree to a reconciliation plan and a, oh, what do they call it? Not not a rescission plan. Um, But remember when Obama was president, Republicans forced them to do spending cuts. You can't really say it's a um, a, a massive change in policy to do spending cuts for a debt ceiling increase because it's been done multiple times before. So the Biden administration is on the wrong side of history on this one. The Biden administration is, um, the Biden administration is going to cause a national economic calamity. Uh, This is Congressman Lawler. He's a Republican talking with Jake Tapper. So, Thank you, and uh, I hope you come back with uh, a Democrat and you guys have a, some legislation that, that can maybe pass to talk about that. Let's talk about some, some, some other areas, um, specifically having to do with the debt ceiling, because President Biden is targeting you. He's coming to your district. Uh, we're in crunch time. The Treasury Secretary says the U.S. could default on its debts by June 1st. Obviously, this would cause catastro- uh, catastrophic consequences. Uh, you say there's more time to negotiate. 
How long are you willing to hold out? Because we just talked to a, a White House official, and they don't have a plan B. They're just, they, they just say Republicans have to pass a clean debt ceiling bill. Well, you know, I, I think it's really unfortunate uh, that the White House has taken this tack. Uh, the House Republican majority was elected to serve as a check and balance in large part because of the reckless spending engaged by the Biden administration, over $5 trillion in new spending in two years, creating the situation we're in with a 41-year record high on inflation. I have had three parameters throughout this entire debate. Number one, the president and the speaker and the Senate majority leader must negotiate in good faith. Number two, we must cut spending over the long term because we cannot continue to sustain this. And number three, we cannot default. Those have been my parameters throughout this entire discussion. House Republicans passed a bill. The president and the Senate majority leader obviously do not like it. That's their prerogative. That's their right. Um, but we are a split government. And so we need to all work together, come to the table, and have an honest dialogue. The Senate cannot pass a bill. Yeah. Chuck Schumer could say he's blue in the face that he wants a clean uh, debt ceiling bill. He can't pass it. Right. So... I think it would behoove everybody to stop wasting time uh, and actually sit down and negotiate. There's going to be a meeting tomorrow, uh, but the president has already announced he's coming to my district on Wednesday to decry, you know, extreme MAGA Republicans, uh, which pretty much tells you how tomorrow's meeting is going to go. Yeah. The Democrats have miscalculated everything from the border to Afghanistan to Sudan to the debt ceiling, they, and they continue to miscalculate everything. They can't get a clean debt ceiling increase passed. What they really hope, and this is their thinking, nonpartisan, just, just this is their honest thinking, is that they believe there are enough moderate Republicans who, when push comes to shove, will side with Democrats in the House and overrule the rest of the Republicans and pass a clean debt ceiling increase because of a crisis. Essentially, the president hopes to provoke the crisis of default to force Republicans to do a clean debt ceiling increase, but he can't get it past the Senate. They have completely botched their handling of this. They really believed Republicans couldn't get a deal done and Republicans got a deal done. They have, they're going to force themselves to have to sell out. You know, we've seen now twice the House Democrats take tough lines against the Republicans in the name of standing by Joe Biden, and then Joe Biden sells them out of the Senate. This is looking more and more to be one of those times where Joe Biden sells out the Democrats again, and this pattern keeps happening. And, of course, that's going to hurt him. You get to a situation where Joe Biden forces default. That becomes a campaign issue against Joe Biden. You get the credit rating of the United States risked. That's an issue against this president of the United States. Republicans have already voted to raise the debt ceiling with cuts. Democrats refuse to go along with it, but they won't come up with an alternative other than a clean debt ceiling increase. That can't pass. This is a negotiated issue here. You Democrats can say no negotiation. You must do this. But that's not the government we live in. That's not the government we have. We have a constitution with checks and balances, a, a division of branches of government that have to negotiate together. And if they don't want to negotiate, if they want to default, that's on the Democrats, not the Republicans. And the reason the Republicans are willing to go off the cliff and refuse to buckle to a clean debt ceiling increase is because they expect to get the blame anyway. So they might as well pick a fight on this. Because it doesn't matter what happens. They know they're going to be portrayed as the bad guy.
and they will. But if they can extract concessions from Joe Biden, it will be worth it in the grand scheme of things, and that's their plan. All of this, however, causes economic uncertainty, and if you're worried about the economic uncertainty, you may want to look to precious metals in your portfolio. Call Advantage Gold at 800-450-2566. Talk to them about uh, using precious metals as part of your portfolio. With the stock market the way it is, the geopolitical turmoil, the debt ceiling fight and everything, you may want to put some safeguards with precious metals in your portfolio, and Advantage Gold can help you. They can even give you a free gold IRA investment kit. You call them at 800-450-2566. They are TrustLink's highest-rated number one gold company seven years in a row. They've got the best prices and incredible, knowledgeable staff. They can provide you and guide you through the federal government regulations on using precious metals as part of an IRA or a 401k. They can help get you great deals on precious metals from gold and silver, even platinum. Just reach out to Advantage Gold. Let them answer your questions. Put your mind at ease. They don't have a lot of gimmicks other than they just play it straight and give you straight advice. 800-450-2566. 800-450-2566. Call Advantage Gold. Tell them I sent you today. Well, I I have breaking news for you. <laughs> uh, scans are good. Just got the text from my wife. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, scans are good. It's it's. I don't like not being there. Um, but scans are good. So three more months, we'll do it all over again. Uh, this just in. This is breaking news. This just happened. Uh, Joe Manchin talking to Manu Raju on CNN about the debt ceiling. It's just, it's not rational, it's not reasonable, and it's not practical. And it's something that it's, it's hypocritical to say that we're not going to do it now, and we've done it every time that there has been a split in the party. The only time that I know there hasn't been big discussion is when one party, whether it be Republicans, have the President, the House, and the Senate, or the Democrats have all three. Plain. Well, they're saying no, no cuts, nothing well, yeah. tied to it. That's not, that's not, I think that's not reasonable. But there is no clear process to cut a deal outside of the leadership, meaning McCarthy and Biden. The Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell says it's all about those two members and rank and file members like Joe Manchin don't have any real support among the leadership to get a deal on their own, which is why today's meeting so significant. But what will happen out of it, Boris, is anyone's guess. That's uh, Manu Raju at CNN, the breaking news, the uh, Joe Manchin in the Senate saying it is not rational, not reasonable, not practical and hypocritical uh, for Joe Biden to say no negotiations on the debt ceiling, demanding a clean debt ceiling. As uh, Joe Manchin points out, every time there has been divided government between the White House and Congress, uh, there have been negotiations on the debt ceiling. There has never been a clean debt ceiling. Um, good, interesting, fascinating. All right. Well, you know what? Let me, first of all, um, thank you for your prayers, uh, with, with my wife today. It has been, um, yeah, I don't know. Y'all, I assume if you're, if you're new to this, if you're not a longtime listener, we, we kind of have the sort of Damocles that hangs over the family that, um, my, so my wife has stage four lung cancer and the tumors cannot be eradicated and chemo and radiation aren't really a help because it's genetic. 
And even were she to like have them somehow wiped out, they would come back because it's genetic. But she takes a medicine and the medicine keeps the tumor she has from growing. And all the tumors are very, very small. We're talking millimeters in size. Um, and, uh, but the medicine only works for two years. She's been on it for seven and it's still working for her. And she's now one of the longest uh, patients to be on this medicine. Uh, the the cancer eventually mutates, but uh, every three months she's got to go for a scan to make sure the medicine's still working. And today was the day, and I couldn't go, and it's just been weighing me down. And thankfully, the scans are good, and I appreciate your prayers. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.